I am now very privileged to introduce my guest to you today. Marilyn, I think is it's way overdue. Thank you so much for joining us on Radio Pulpit today. Thank you so much, Jenna Lee. Good morning and uh, thank you very much for having me. Um, good morning to all of your listeners and good morning to my family and friends who are all listening in, or at least they promise to listen in. <laughs> so good morning and thank you for having me. Listen, I can't wait to get to Hong Kong. You represented South Africa in Hong Kong for quite a while. What a privilege and an honor that is. Mm-hmm. We were just speaking off a about the fact that you have a calling to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ all over the world. But let's take it all the way back to Paul for a second. Tell us about who you are, the Klein Marilyn, wat daar rondgehaard loop het in die perl. Take us back to that. Oh my goodness. Um, if you speak to the people of Paul, some of them still call me today, Auntie Me. Okay. Um, I embrace that. I embrace that. But um, I am, I hail from Paul. I was born uh, to a single mother at the when she was just about 19 or 20 generally. And you know when you're born to a single mother in the 80s that that comes with a lot of rejection. It comes with a lot of abandonment issues. Um, we have our issues. But God was really graceful. And um, I grew up as um, in my grandfather and grandmother's home. And my grandfather was a phenomenal man. He was a man of valor. He was really a man of of stature mm. and um so i didn't have a lack of a of a father figure in my life so i knew him and i and i really had a happy childhood life my life was nothing unusual in my mind it mm-hmm. was nothing unusual but th- i only realized much later how much that of uh, of an issue that was mm. to to be born with um you know on my birth certificate I, I usually say to people where everybody else's on their birth certificate, it says there's a space where it says father and then there's a name. Yeah. For me, it was just blank. And that blank space pretty much reflects the silence that was associated with the fact of who my father was or um, because I never know, I never knew my father and mm-hmm. I never met my father. And it was just an issue that was quiet and silent. So, but Outside of that, I really had a happy, happy childhood. Mm. Um, I was, I was, uh, I, I grew up in a Christian home, so I knew God right from the beginning. And and I was saying to somebody this morning, this is actually for me such a nostalgic moment mm-hmm. because I grew up in my grandfather and my grandmother's home. When you wake up in the morning, you know, remember we didn't have doors in the house, so there was yes. a curtain in the house. Yeah. And so I used to, we, when you wake up, you would hear, wake up to the sound of. Um, Pastor um, Justice Chungu mm. uh, on Radio Pulpit, Radio Council, and yeah. Ida, and um, so you would wake up to this, and this was the sound that um, that we knew this, the Word of God. Sure. It was just what I like. Um, Jonathan Robain said, "Was kia 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 yeah. kia kia all the way, yellow dag, yellow dag, every day of the <laughs> week." It was just some form of church. So that's pretty much what my life was like. So I wasn't. I don't have a lot of trauma. I didn't have anything unusual happening to me. I had a really kept life Mm. and God had been faithful to me until that moment. And I don't know if you want me to share now. Please do, please do. um, Until that moment um, in 2008, where I was continuing this happy life of mine, wonderful opportunities. I joined the military. I um, joined the military. I became a flight attendant. I worked with um, our former presidents like Nelson Mandela, former president um, Becky, um, even former president de Klerk. I had the privilege to meet for a brief moment. So I had this wonderful Mm -hmm. life. However, um, uh, in 2008, I attended a 
an, an ancient path seminar. I'm sorry, I just want to fix this. Yes, yes my yes. earrings, I think, is moving. <laughs> <at the, laughs> Are you comfortable? Yeah, I'm comfortable. Okay. So it was in 2008 and I was, um, I attended an ancient path seminar. Married, have my two children. I think, yes, I had two children already by then. Happy life. Everything is happy. Don't, didn't know that there was an issue in my heart. Mm. And um, I was attending this seminar, which is a blessing seminar that speaks about the ancient paths of God and the the uh, principles that God had given to us so that we can have this life and be empowered to prosper. Mm. And um, I, I attended it because it was just part of the journey and it was what we were doing in church. So I attended, yeah. not really realizing how much of issues is sitting in my heart. And there was a point where um, they discussed this um, coming to age, so which is a custom, a Jewish custom that mm-hmm. they have coming to, to age semi- a ceremony and um, showing how the father was just blessing his daughter and dancing with his daughter. Mm. And it was such a beautiful moment. And we were all in awe and every probably every woman in the room would pick a tear and me too. And I was picking this tear. And, and after a few minutes, I realized that my tear of joy was turning into a deep sadness that I didn't sure. understood and I was crying and I kept crying but I wasn't sure why I was crying so these tears were just running down my face my husband sitting next to me and he says why are you crying because yeah. now everybody had moved on and I'm still <laughs> weeping he says why are you crying I said I don't know mm. I don't know and and I just couldn't shift I couldn't shake this this moment and I'm just sad and I'm crying and and then there was an invitation and I moved. I also went out for the invitation. I don't know what the, what the invitation was. <laughs> I went out. You were moved. I was there in front. And mm-hmm. um, by then I was weeping, wailing like, I, like a dog. I was just mm. crying so deeply. It was the cry of my soul. And um, I was in this moment and I now realize that was a public deliverance that was yes. really happening in that moment. I was just weeping and weeping in front of the church. Everybody was sitting there and here I was in all my beautiful, elegance and sophisticated woman and I'm <laughs> crying in front of the church. And in this time, I also heard an invitation that now there'll be a moment where you can forgive your father. Mm. And I still in my weeping, I said to myself, oh, no, my father, I don't have a father. To forgive. This is not for yes. me. This is for the other people. So I'll just continue with my crying yeah. here in this moment. <laughs> this is not for me. And at that point, I also heard this, <clears throat> sorry, that voice responding to me mm-hmm. that you have to forgive your father so that you can forgive, get that unforgiveness that is in your heart towards your husband out of your heart. Sure. I said, what? And now you got my attention, right? Because yeah. I'm like, I don't have unforgiveness. There's, you can ask my husband. I don't. Back yeah. chat. I, I'm quiet. I avoid conflict. I'm, and I want to mention this because I know there are so many other people who yes. still struggle with this. Many women, but also a lot of men Absolutely. who avoid conflict, who are just, who just shut, keep their shut up. Somebody yeah, says, yeah, yeah. who just keep their shut up, who just don't want to talk about stuff. And um, so I was that person. And as I'm d- like kind of arguing this thing in my mind, this visual, I get this movie-like picture running in my the the, the my mind's eye mm. of whenever I had an argument in my marriage with my husband, I would um, be the person who just shut up, shut down, mm. close off, don't speak. One day, two days, five days, sure. seven days, for as long as it, it takes. Sometimes yeah. I would even think, well, um, I am now over this argument. I'm ready to speak. But the moment I see him, I would just... 
everything would just close, close up again. Me. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm standing in front of God and I said, you got my attention. I'm willing to forgive this father that I didn't know. Mm. And what do I do? When I started saying, I'm, I forgive you for not being present. Mm. I forgive you for not being there when I did it you the most. Yeah. I forgive you for not being um, at school. Mm-hmm. I forgive you when everybody, when Vanessa and Vilma, my friend in primary school, yes. when they would speak about their fathers sure. and what their father did last night. At some point, I just told them my father's working on on the on sea. You know, there was a time when <laughs> you know we make up we make up these stories, or we just say, you know what, he's studying overseas, or he was just yes. on, you know, people men would go out and they would work yes. on, on the on the, the shipping, mines. fishing ships. Yes. Fishing boats. And so I was like, no, he's working on because what else do I say? Yeah. And in that moment, all these thoughts running through my mind and I decide to forgive my father. And, you know, generally it changed my life. Sure. It changed my world because this I realized I was so I was in 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 a prison. Mm. My heart, my emotions, my my being was in a prison. And though I had a good life and I was continuing, but I was unable to love without fear. Mm. I was unable to to receive God's love, to receive him as a father. I knew all about the word. Mm. I knew everything, but it was all up here in my head. Mm. My heart was affected by a virus that the enemy has put in there and that corrupts all of it. You know, here are the computers and we know when when a computer has a... A virus it is over it, everything is corrupted and that's pretty much what happened to me and so God started healing me from that pl- place onward he started teaching me how to be reconciled to him it's sure. very important it's such a I love this scripture so much that we he's given us the ministry for reconciliation yes. because I feel that we need to be reconciled to his heart to really truly receive him as father mm-hmm. to really be able to understand his love that he has for us yeah. and then be able to send him out so, so to be sent by him sorry so Marilyn you never met your father I never met my you, father you've never met him never and met I love him. what you said is forgiving my father that I, I've never met and I know that it almost sounds like a book title <laughs> being the father that I never met yeah we got something yeah <laughs> I think I think you should write that book it is so important because well, you won't believe how many women I've met in my life who's never met their father and sometimes we feel that that means I have nothing to forgive as you said because I don't know this guy he's never done anything to me yeah I thought he doesn't exist exactly but I can absolutely um, relate with what you are saying I was I think I was about 16 17 years old also when the Lord the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said forgive your father I was literally walking next to the street from church in Worcester and the Lord said Today is the day that you must forgive wow. your father. Something happens in yeah, your life yeah. once you've done that. Um, we're almost getting ready to take a music break, but I want to ask you, um, you mentioned that, I mean, this young girl raised by her grandparents and, I mean, from Paul ends up working with presidents, working with, I mean, very high-level government officials mm-hmm. and representing the country on a very high level that a few people in their lifetime or in our lifetime will get to experience. Sometimes when people are elevated to that level, coming from where we come from, <laughs> yes, coming from where we come from, we struggle with imposter syndrome. I want to ask you, was that ever an issue for you? Or did you just feel like you belong here, I belong on this level, or did you ever feel like an imposter? I think, uh, generally, to this day, that's why I dedicate my life 
true um, woman who feel like an imposter. I actually, I make it part of my message to speak to women who were not born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Mm -hmm. Because I found in my life, when you were not born with a silver spoon in your mouth, or when you're coming from a background like mine, which is common for many, most, yes, a lot of people, you struggle to give yourself permission. Mm -hmm. You find yourself most of the time looking for somebody to make a way for you. Mm -hmm. Somebody to say you can sit at the table and you actually have the right to speak. Uh -huh. Right? And so for me, for most part of my life, that was uh, that was an issue until I came to the place where I started to partner with God mm. and dedicating my life to him, not just being as, as, as a uh, being redeemed by him or just as a salvation from a salvation perspective, but really coming into the kingdom as a citizen and saying, God. I want to partner with you. And where you have already started, I want to get busy. Mm, mm. I only want to be where you want to be. Mm. I want to be that voice where you need a, somebody to say something. I want to be that presence in a room where you need to be present mm. and people would not give you that moment. And mm -hmm. it is not to preach. It is just so that I can have that spiritual influence. Mm. Because that was, for me, that is, that is the essence of being an ambassador of Christ, is to yeah. have that spiritual impact and influence. Um, that wherever you are being able to be a channel mm. of what God wants to do. Um, I love what God, what Jesus said to the disciples. Where was it again? Is it in um, Matthew 10, I think, where he says to the disciples, now behold, I sent you out mm -hmm. like, um, like sheep amongst the wolves, I sent you out and and um, be wise. He says, behold, be wise like mm. a serpent and be meek like a dove. Mm. Because when we're out there, we need to know what to do. So yeah. sometimes you feel like an imposter, but because my life is dedicated to the Lord, my life is, I, I have given myself away so mm. that he can be in my life, so that he can be made known. So when I hear that voice that says, Marilyn, what are you doing here? Yeah, Why right. do you even think that you can be here? I say, you know, and then I remember who I am. Then I remember that I am a son of God. So when people ask me, who are you? I say, I am a son of God. I am a son of Stephen and Trawandi Smith. I mm. am the wife of Will Morris. Mm. I, I know my, I, I, I run that identity down for me mm. because that is what enables me. And I say, I am here not because I am employed. Mm -hmm. I'm here because I'm deployed mm -hmm. by the kingdom of God. And when you are deployed as an ambassador of God, then you, and when you understand the principle and the, the theory behind an ambassador, ambassadorship, mm -hmm. then that makes absolute sense. That you go into places and it's foreign places and people don't necessarily necessarily want you there. They may not like you to be there. But because you understand that I am a saint one, mm. I am here to break ground for some others that are coming after me. Yeah. And so sometimes it is hard to be, it's been hard for me sometimes to be in certain places. But my identity in knowing who I am and whose I am is the one thing that had carried me through. And I think that was, that's all the reason why it was so important for, for God to reconcile me to his heart. Mm. Because if I still had that rejection, yep. if I still felt like an imposter, like that bad person that would be abandoned again, yes. I would quit. When the going gets tough, yep. I quit because I'm, I, there's nothing wrong with me for quitting. My father quit on me. I may as well quit mm -hmm. on the things that I need to do. Rejection was such a thing that... Um, if ever I feel like people don't like me, if I feel that people are 
uncomfortable or they're probably going to break relationship or break contract or mm. let me go i would be the first to go yeah yeah because you're not going to do it to me let me be the one first I, nobody's going to reject me once again yeah yeah right yeah. so that fear was always there and um so being an imposter is something that we have to work through Absolutely. continuously to the day Absolutely. To the day. It doesn't just go away just like that. And I hope that if you're listening today, I mean, there's so much that you can take from this conversation already. Let's check our hearts. Let's check our lives. Um, let's check whether you even forgave that father who you never met. Let's check whether you are really... Um, fully in your identity and accepting your identity and the authority mm-hmm. um, that you have been sent with or whether you feel like an imposter. So much, so much to chew on. As you pass and geskakeled, ek gesels met uh, Marilyn Morris in ons praat onder meer oor haar tyd in Hong Kong. Voorus, daarkom wil ek net vinnig vir jou vraag. You've worked with, as we said before, um, when you were an air hostess in the um, lichtmacht in the Air Force. <laughs> I mean, you had people like Madiba on your flight, you know, some very high rollers on your flight. Um, working with all these presidents and dignitaries, what is the number one lesson that you've learned? Yeah. For me, uh, Jenna Lee, I worked with really important people and I had the privilege to meet. Um, I even met Prince Harry oh, wow. uh, where I was working. And, and so I met really, really important people. But what I discovered as an ambassador, as mm-hmm. a person who's, en- who's deployed and not employed, mm. the people that I happen to meet, I cannot dare to give them any honor. Um, outside of what God wants us to do. So what my, my the principle that I followed was that I don't honor an, a person, but I honor the office in which mm. they serve. And that sometimes may be a person that I do not agree with in terms of uh, maybe politics, in That's terms good. of religion, maybe um, of values or belief system, but it's not the point. I am an ambassador. I'm not there on my own account. I'm not there because... I deserve anything. I have a right on anything. I am there because I want to be a vessel for God to have access into that room, into Mm -hmm. that atmosphere. It's all about being in the room. And God had given to us, to us men, he had given the earth. Mm -hmm. So we become that... Um, that that agent yes. that says, God, I, I invite you in. And I find that so many, too many of us occupy very important positions. And whether it be a cleaner in the office of the president, whether it be the PA to, to a certain celebrity, but we occupy spaces mm. that are ungodly. There are places where we need to go, where God needs access. Yeah. And he needs us. Yeah. And we are placed there. We're earning our salaries. We celebrate the positions and the glory that comes with it, forgetting the reason that we're there in the first place. That's so good. It is to bring the kingdom of God there. Absolutely. Policies. We cry about policies and the effect that policies have on our lives. But I still stand in wonder and say, but there was somebody, a son of God, present in that room. Yeah, yeah. When that policy was approved, when the white paper, the when it with a draft was presented, why we don't understand our purpose. Sure. This is so important what you're saying. And then next year is an election year. And I believe as Christians, we also have the responsibility to help get true sons of God in those rooms where those important decisions are made. I think I want to ask you, what advice would you have for us as believers as we go into next year's Mm -hmm. election on how to... I don't want to... Don't tell us who to vote for, obviously. (laughs) But, But what are some of the key things that we need to consider? 
the way I approach voting, I've always been approaching voting from a kingdom perspective. I know that we need to be relevant and I know that there are things we need to be we need to be progressive and mm-hmm. all of that. But I always look at a political party that's that I can trust to speak on my behalf. Mm. So what I my 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 suggestions and my recommendations is always that look at the values and beliefs. Do you know what your values are? Mm-hmm. Do you know what you stand for? Mm-hmm. Because the person that you vote for is going to speak on your behalf. Yeah. That person is going to be in a room and vote for a certain policy and whether that agrees with who you are or what you believe that person is going to is going to be the one that um, that that make that places that vote. Mm-hmm. So if you vote for somebody who doesn't speak your language, who doesn't share your same the same belief system, pretty much the life that you're going to have is not going to be the life that you want. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so um, approach voting, approach the elections very prayerfully. Mm. Um, the church has to be relevant. The church has to be. Um, pos- has to be have to be positioned, and we have to approach it from a spiritual perspective. I think we are too earthly minded, absolutely, and disconnected from what is happening in heaven. Every single day, for me, I know that there is something happening in heaven. Mm. And how do I how do I access that which is happening in heaven? Because Jesus taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. Why are we disconnected with this truth? Mm. Why do we need we do, why don't we seek and, and ask him on earth as it is in heaven? So my prayer towards the election is God on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. What you want us to do, let it be so. Mm. Let it be yes and amen. And um, yeah, so I, I love kingdom because I see when I look at the Bible and we always as church people, we sometimes think that we are dis, we're disconnected from what is happening in the world. We can't. Not at all. And we kind mm. of feel that we have to be in a space where there's only we only sing hallelujah and we only yeah. praise and there's people who are godly. We we got to serve ungodly kings. That, 1 Corinthians yeah. 9 speaks of it. We have to serve ungodly kings. Ask Esther, ask Jeremiah, ask Daniel, ask Moses. We have to serve in ungodly places. That's true. And when we serve there, are we miserable? Or do we become the Bible that they will never read? Sure. That is powerful. And for uh, a couple of years, you were the Bible in Hong Kong that some people will never, ever read. You represented the country there. Um, tell me a bit about your experience in Hong Kong, specifically as it relates to Christianity. I think I've, I've never thought about what Christianity is like in Hong Kong. What was your experience? It was a beautiful experience. Thank you for that question. So in Hong Kong, um, it's a, Hong Kong is part of China. Um, where we know that it's not a Christian nation. And so uh, the church in China is known to be an oppressed church. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to Hong Kong, I didn't expect to really meet any Christian people. Very lofty view, I know. Mm-hmm. But so we learn. We're on a journey. <laughs> so I thought there's no Christians Christian. there. And I didn't prepare to be joined, to join any church or anything like mm. that. But God is my God. And he is sure. so amazing. And when he says, I send you. So this is part of my prayer that I always say. Say, God, if you want to send anybody, send, send me. me. Yes. There are places where no foot had trampled. No eye has seen and no foot and no ear has heard. Send me. If you want somebody, send me. And Hong Kong was one of those places. So we got to Hong Kong and God had already prepared for us a way to enter, to join a church. Our neighbor, the house that we, the house that we um, rented, our home, our home, it was an apartment block Mm. right across from us was the church. Not wow. the church itself, but a house church was p- positioned there. And these people just reached out to us and invited us to join them. Now, I wasn't going to go look for a church, remember? Yeah, yeah. But God had already knew that. And so he prepared the church for us. 
And um, we visited this house church and we just, from the moment we walked in there, they ministered to us in a prophetic manner that we had to, we had to take notice that this is God. Wow. These people don't know anything of this. And they said it's a little Bible church. So we thought wow. it's a little Chinese little Bible church. And we walk in and they minister to us. It's just a custom they have to um, minister to their guests for the first time guests. And they minister to us things that we knew they didn't know. And long story short, we ended up joining a church, the Solomon, Solomon's Porch. Beautiful international church, mostly Korean and, and Chinese people in the church. And so Hong Kong's, to I come back to your question, the spiritual climate is very much alive. Hong Kong has a free, because wow. Hong, Hong Kong is part of China, but Hong Kong itself as a city has freedom of religion. So they, you could really, we could freely worship and um and, and in Hong Kong, worship God. But really stood out for me as a difference is the sincerity of the wow. people's hearts. They really have a fear of God. Wow. Something that I, I it, it actually makes me emotional to just think about it. In South Africa, that fear of God to really just want to please God. To just want to do what God wants to do. And, and one of the most beautiful testimonies that I, I'll, not one, but I heard this all the time, actually. Yeah. Um, testimonies that I have of the people of Hong Kong is that um, in the church where we served was, um, they had a custom that when there's baptism, then the first people who will be baptized I don't know what you call it. They have, so there's no sermon for that day. They have to testify for their reason to oh, wow. be baptized. And so often I would see a 17 year old, a 14 year old, a 19 year old standing there and saying that I am a first time Christian in my entire bloodline. I'm the first Christian. Hmm. And then I just want to worship. Then, sure. So, we had really had this experience of just meeting people with the true gospel. Hong mm. Kong is a church where I heard people being prepared. Some of the messages that I heard were still with me was that you must know that you can be persecuted. Mm. This is a church mm. can be as a church. Yes. Can, so it was so real for me. I was sitting there and I said, Oh my goodness. Nobody had told me this. Yeah. Real true persecution. And, and it's so real when you're sitting in China knowing that this can happen. It's not like it can't happen. So this is just the climate. <laughs> sure. But I can imagine that something changes in the way that you worship God when you worship him in those conditions. And when you see him uh, um, working under those conditions, when you experience him. But now, unfortunately... For oh. them, and fortunately for us, you came back to <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> and and uh, amongst other things, you you founded Kingdom Women Collective. Tell me about that. Now, this this is what excites me because remember, um, if you if you go on my my website, you would see that I am the ambassador maker. Mm -hmm. When I asked God many years ago, God, what do you say about me? What is it that because we're all about we want to know our destiny and our purpose. God, what do you say about me? And he's, this is the word, the whisper that I felt in my heart. You're an ambassador maker. Mm. So that was way before I knew much about um, what it actually means. I was working in the space where we, where we manage the administration um, and the appointment of ambassadors. So I understood the process and a little bit of that. But of course, I didn't quite make the connection. 
And um, through the approach over the last 10, 15 years, God had really journeyed with me on this, on mm. what it means to be an ambassador. And I, I, I'm a, I am a, at heart, I'm a kingdom, kingdom citizen. Mm. And I feel that there are some really truths and, and ways that God had imparted to me and had shown me on the ground in my workplace um, as I was traveling with, with as part of the advanced teams with the presidents. He would show me what to do. Mm. I would go into a place and I would say, God, what do you want to do here? Mm. And God would show me what to do. In my workspace, he would, I would see a policy that um, is under discussion. I say, God, what do you want to do here? Sure. What is it that you want to go? And, and, and I, things that I don't want, I, can't, I just can't discuss here, mm. but I've seen really God coming through in terms of corruption. Mm. I've really seen God revealed stuff in environments where I served. Some, somebody said to me at one stage, said, Marilyn, you know, are, are you walking with something? She said, <laughs> just, are you working with something? Because where you are, there's stuff happening. That's Jesus. And that is something that you, if you're an imposter, if you feel like an imposter, you can, you can challenge yourself or you can ask yourself as a couture over but because I understood yeah, that yeah. I carry, I'm a carrier of the presence of God and where I am, his presence had come, come his on. kingdom yeah. had come where I trampled my foot, his kingdom had come. And so this is what I want to teach women. And I know, like I said, there's ungodly spaces, places where God would never be seen. His word would never be preached. People would never get to know about him. Policies that is about to change and on, for the detriment of our lives. And there are people of God in those spaces, but they don't understand their calling and their purpose and how to do to let his kingdom come. I want to ask you, Marilyn, so for women who are listening that would like to get involved uh, in Kingdom Women Collective, how do they do it? Is it programs that you are offering? Is it events? How do we do it? Yeah, so so this is, we, we have a, a 12-month program, so it's a membership, a membership mm-hmm. program. So you join the membership at a very, very, so the only thing that you pay is like a registration fee of 1490 if you sign up for 12 months. If you do a monthly option, it's 149 rand per month sure. that you can join. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really affordable yeah. and and don't be fooled by that and think that the quality is of yes. is, is, is of a lesser quality it is simply because um there's there's cost involved um mm-hmm. administration costs i i IT cost, yeah. you know, there's a lot of there's some cost involved, and it's really just to cover that cost. But it is designed to empower you sure. so that you can fulfill your purpose because God is raising up an army Amen. of women Amen. in the workplace, Amen. and they must be empowered. Unfortunately, we don't learn some of the stuff in church, mm-hmm. and somebody has to. So this is church outside. Uh, Monday to Friday, outside the walls of the walls of church, we want to empower women. I love that. To I be love able that. to fulfill their purpose. I love this, woman of God. If you are listening, please make sure that you contact Marilyn Morrison. Even just invite her to your church and let her come speak to your oh, yes, please. ladies. Love as that. a belief talk, I can't <laughs> wait for us to talk again, Marilyn. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, um, but I know that I know that God is still going to continue to use you mightily. That even in South Africa, this is just the beginning. I'm excited because I heard a few things today that I didn't even know about you uh, and that I didn't know that God is doing through you. I'm excited to see what else God would do. Just very quickly, contact details, that website that you uh, um, uh, made reference to now, how do we find it? Website is www.whoami.co.za. Note, you spell WHOAMI, W-H-U-A-M-I, um, dot C-O dot Z-A. Facebook, yeah. Kingdom Woman Collective, and on Instagram, you can find me there, and uh, kingdomwoman.co.
So Mark Lex says that God is raising up women in this generation to help empower ambassadors. I can't wait to talk about this again. There's no so five minutes for twelve, and I'm just gonna drop it right here. There's nothing else for me to say. Thank you so much for um, sticking with me today. We're gonna play out with Crowder's Child of God. Blay and geskakel for the niece and so viel meer luister genot net hier op Radio Kansel.